We are two weeks into Utah football spring ball so far, but who are the biggest winners so far? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, we're talking spring ball and the biggest winner so far. Spring ball is all about the development and growth of this Utah football team and some of its more under-the-radar players. But even a couple of the veterans have been able to seem to grow and improve their themselves overall. So we're diving into all that on today's show. We'll be talking about the biggest winner so far. And in order to help me do that, it's friend of the show and Ute Zone contributor, Dante Guardi. And Dante, when you're talking about biggest winner so far, Look, the biggest thing coming in, my biggest question was left tackle. We'll touch on that in a moment. Most people were wondering about back quarterback. In fact, Coach Witt literally said that my my biggest thing I want to get figured out, the biggest thing we're focused on is getting the backup quarterback thing solidified. And when you're talking about that, it seems the biggest winner right now of that has been Brandon Rose so far. Coach Witt spoke very glowingly of Rose. He said separately that there's a little separation amongst the QBs. We heard Brandon has been getting more of the reps with the ones as of late. So I feel like he's talking about Brandon. We haven't seen a ton of Bryson. They said they didn't want to use him as much. The media portion I got to see during the week one, Nate looked good, but they weren't going live. It sounds like when they went live, and some of that is related to the offensive line struggles, but just sounds like Brandon Rose has been really impressive overall. And I even remember the first pra- the first throw we saw as a media when we walked into the very first practice was a beautiful throw. Brandon Rose connected with Devon Vele in the end zone, and kind of seems like that's a microcosm for what's been spring ball so far, and Brandon Rose is probably the biggest winner to this point, Dante. Yeah, hard to disagree with that one. It's crazy to think about, though, because, I mean, a lot of people were vouching for Nate Johnson to get in during the Rose Bowl. I mean, we all thought that if Cam Rising wasn't going to be able to go week one or week two or whatever it might have been, it would be Nate Johnson stepping in and filling that void. But now we see Brandon Rose all of a sudden coming up and and just balling out during spring ball, doing his thing. You know, he's a real polished passer, real strong in the pocket, real strong arm, Um, a really good player for this kind of Andy Ludwig um, offense, whereas Nate Johnson, you know, more emphasis on his athletic athletic ability because he does have blazing speed. And we saw that over the course of um, 2022 down the stretch of the season. So, I mean, having Brandon Rose as a number two option and seeing how well he's done during spring ball is really encouraging, I think, because we all know what Nate's going to bring. We all kind of know we all know what Bryce is going to bring for sure. Nate's mm-hmm. a little bit more questionable, but we do kind of know what his game is, whereas Brandon Rose is still a little bit more of a question mark. You know, I think I think we've definitely seen more coverage of Nate Johnson up to this point than, than Brandon Rose, but it's really encouraging to see him do well too because now we know that Utah has, I mean, honestly, three solid options um, in, in case a couple of guys can't go or something like that, something crazy were to happen. Um, but it's definitely encouraging to see Brandon Rose up there because um, we obviously know how skilled Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes are. Exactly. That is another thing too. It's not like Nate Johnson is a loser in all this. I still feel very good about Nate Johnson. And I still think Nate, at least for the old portion I saw where he was thrown to, he still looked sharp. If anything, it just means at the moment, just based on what we're hearing, Bryson might be ahead of him right now, or Bryce, Brandon might be ahead of him. But either way, as you said, three good options at quarterback. That's how I feel. Now, as I mentioned, my biggest question about spring camp was left tackle. I just feel like you lose a guy like Braden Daniels. It's not easy to replace. So I was curious who was going to be the next guy. And through two weeks, it seems like it's a towel Almea. And that caught me by surprise a little bit just because it, he was, look, first team all pack 12 last year. So I give him a ton of credit. He's this outstanding run blocker. I thought he did struggle in pass protection a little bit. And I was curious since he did struggle with, you know, pass rushers on the right side, 
left side, you're going to get the best guys in the Pac-12. We're trying to get after the blind side. Would they feel comfortable making that switch? Through two weeks, they seem to. And he's looked, look, he's looked good in what we've seen so far. So give him a lot of credit for the development and the work he's done. As I talked about with Jake Hatch last week, I am still going to be skeptical until we see game one truly live reps like that, especially the Florida Gators are going to have some dudes flying off the edge at him. That's where I'm going to reserve of, oh, yes, I feel great about this. But I definitely feel good if the coaches trust Satow already to be in that spot. And he's got to be considered a winner as well. Yeah, I mean, that spot is definitely a very, um, very uh, well-received one, I, I would say. Just that that kind of respect that you gain for being the left tackle. We saw it with Braden Daniels um, with that same exact kind of thing. He started off as a guard, moves outside, goes to tackle, and dominates. So it'll be really interest, interesting to see if uh, Satao Lomea can kind of follow in his footsteps and do something similar. And going back to last year, though, he did have some really bad games. Like the UCLA game was yeah. what was, really, was really poor. Like there's no other way to put it. Mm-hmm. It, it was really poor. But then he also did have some, have some really really good performances down the stretch of the season um, as, a, as a in pass protection, which was very – which was very encouraging to see, obviously. And then now with him being moved to left tackle as the full-time um, player for that position, I think it's even more encouraging because it just shows that the coaches really trust him. And we've all known that the mentality that was always there for Satao Lomeo because he came in and earned a job very early in his Utah career and has performed very well, Was is all, has always been a very nasty run blocker. And even though there ha- still have been some woes in pass pro, we've seen him steadily increase. And just yes. hearing this in spring ball is very encouraging because – it shows that he has been very dominant, that they're willing to go out of their way and say, Satao Lome is our left tackle this early in the process um, during the offseason. So Satao Lome is definitely a winner, and it's going to be going to be interesting to see what he does, especially early on. Like you said, you know, Utah's got to play Baylor and Florida very early. Both those teams will have very good athletes, not to mention the Pac-12. You know, Washington gets Braylon Trice back, I believe, and I know for sure UCLA gets Layatu Latu back. Those are two extremely good pass rushers. Both those pass rushing units were extremely good last year, and um, they're only going to get better. So Utah's got to – really step up to the plate because a lot of these teams are going to be facing this next season are, are going to be very athletic and very talented. Just because we mentioned Satawa, I'll also bring up Falcon Kalmatule being the starting right tackle. I'm sure he's considered, I would consider him a winner as well. I just figured he would, I actually thought he would be the starting left tackle. So I just, that was more kind of a natural one to me. Like, oh yeah, he's a starting offensive starting tackle on this team. Like I, I personally thought that was going to be the case just based on how close he was last season. So to me, that's not some surprise versus I, I genuinely am that Satawa is the left tackle right now rather than them giving Falcon a shot there. But Falcon's got to be a winner for being on the right side. Uh, shout out to Spencer Fano too, already being second team so young, but the other big winner on the, on the O-line I want to focus on is Jaron Kump being the center right now. It was a very weird season for Kump last season. He was kind of thrown all over the place. We thought he was going to be the starting right tackle for this team until they really shook things up and then threw Satawa over there. And then they, he came in at guard, Coach Witt and Coach Harding and talked about he can play all five positions. And we thought Johnny Maia would be this team's starting center, at least in the early goings of spring ball. Right now, it seems like they want Jaron Kump to, to get the job and, and Everything we've seen, he's done a very good job. So I was definitely surprised by that. I thought Kump would kind of be back in the mix at the tackle fold, having started games for this Utah team at left tackle. I honestly thought there was a better chance we'd see Kump over at left tackle than Laumea, at least early on. But I was proven wrong, and I got to give a lot of credit for Jaron Kump for really embracing the change. And it seems like he's the odds-on favorite to be the starting center now come game one. Definitely an interesting change, given that um, all the experience he had at the tackle position now moving to center. Um, but like you said, embracing the change, I think we've seen a lot of Utah players come through the program over the last five, six years, something like that, and, and really embrace that change. And we've seen a lot of them really succeed. You know, Julian Blackman started out as a cornerback, yeah. moved to safety, dominated. Uh, Chase Hansen came in as a quarterback, goes to safety, goes to linebacker, just playing everything for Utah and just dominating in every aspect. So seeing guys like guys now still embracing that change, even when Utah is like Pretty loaded at most positions, I'd say. Like, this is definitely um, one of the better teams Utah's had during the Pac-12. Probably the best, honestly, just thinking about all the experience coming back and what they've already accomplished. You know, I mean, this is a really skilled team. So seeing players 
still just doing whatever they can to help the team is super encouraging and super awesome to see and um, really good on Jaron Kump as well, just for working hard and earning that spot. To your point on position changes too, Jaquin and Jackson worked out pretty well for him last year yeah, too. As he's now the, seems like the guy in the running back room and uh, really missed a few because there's been a lot. There have been, there have been a lot and it's, it's worked out well. It's one of the things where he's not one of my main winners, but coach Witt literally said they feel like the move from Mickey Sugaturaga, moving him from defensive line, defensive end to tight end, has already worked out well, and it sounds like just from their indications, that's where he's probably going to stay because he's going to be that Logan Kendall replacement for this team. But either way, it's these changes have worked out well for this Utah football team. So we kind of went over most of the offensive winners there. There are a few winners on the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to touch on those in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA season is winding down, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving no, new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to the point spread to which team will be cutting down the nets at the end of the season. All an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use, so don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Dante, looking over to the defensive side of the ball, I think the first one that stands out to me is Justin Medlock. Look, Leovani Dumuni caught up in the transfer portal and um, or not caught, excuse me, just finishing out school at Stanford. He, he's cleared to go to Utah, everything there. But right now, Medlock is the third linebacker right now. And look, he was a little buried on the depth chart last year because you had guys like Mahmoud Diabate. He was only a freshman. So we didn't know who was going to be the third linebacker. Obviously, Karene Reed, Lander Barton, they're set. But it feels like Medlock is doing a really good job. And I think he's going to have a chance to compete with Dumuni a little bit for some snaps based on how he's looked. He flies around very well in the little bit of action we've seen. Got a good physical profile too. So I've really liked what we've seen from Medlock early. I still remember the recruiting videos that I think it was Coach Scally they had talking about him. He was really fired up about Medlock. And I, I can see why after watching him play a little bit in spring ball. And I, I think he can play a key role in this team this season now. I remember those videos as well. I mean, the, the physical mm -hmm. traits and just the yes. overall intangibles of his game are unquestionable. You know, that was never in question. And last year, obviously, with a big-time transfer in Mamu Diabate coming in, a guy who had over 100 tackles at Florida, really good pass rushing production as well. Um, hard, to, hard to start over that. Hard to start over a guy who they were really vouching for. And, I mean, sitting behind and just seeing that, 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 that kind of group just work, I think, really benefited his game rather than just being thrown into the fire. Sure, that could have benefited him as well. But I think sitting behind and seeing um, the progression of what was a young defense. I mean, we saw this Utah defense go from a team that was giving up 40 plus against USC and UCLA back to back weeks, and then not giving up 24 points for like the final six or seven games of the season. You know, they had a total transformation as a very young defense. And I think Justin Medlock kind of being a part of that and seeing just how the guys operated and really improved their game over the course of the season was really beneficial. And now we're seeing it all pay off. We're just giving him, they're giving him the opportunities and he's just balling out simply put. And like I said, the intangibles, the traits were never in question. And now we're finally seeing him um, kind of just blossom and, and go to work. We really are. And another guy that I'm excited to see go to work even more, but I'm just encouraged by what we've already seen already is Logan Fano. He was right. He actually started in during the week two portion of spring ball, the open media availability, but I still feel like it's going to be Joan Ellis and Van Fillinger come the season. And look, they've obviously there's some injuries along there with Van and everything too, but Logan seems like his rehab's gone really well. And I think he's going to play a major role in this team. I would not be surprised if he leads them in sacks. I know that seems crazy with how good Joan Ellis has been, but you're talking about a guy who had 20 sacks the last time he played a full season in high school. He's There's a reason he was such a high recruit, four-star going to BYU originally. So I'm 
I'm really high on Logan Fano. I think there's a great chance that he's going to do some special things for this team. And it's great to see him out there and healthy and ready. And he looks explosive. And that's exactly what you need from your defensive end, some explosiveness, because we didn't have it last year. Yeah, for sure. Towards the end of the season, obviously, with all those injuries, with Van mm-hmm. being a little bit banged up, obviously, stuff in the season ender. And then Jonah Ellis also missing some time definitely did not benefit Utah. So adding uh, a Logan Fano was definitely kind of a debt piece move for me at first. But now just like after just hearing more about him and seeing him play, seeing like the actual film, um, I mean, it's evident that he he is a stud. And like you said, the explosiveness is what really, really stands out. And last year at BYU, before he suffered that injury um, during the offseason, uh, he was being projected as a almost starter, a borderline starter, as a true freshman at BYU. So that's obviously very impressive on its own. And uh, now coming to Utah and obviously still doing his thing. Uh, obviously, the the, um, the rehab went well. So he's just looking good, looking healthy, getting back to what we saw from him in high school, all that film that everyone's been raving about. That's obviously extremely impressive. And that was warranted his four-star rating. So, I mean, just everything about Logan Fano was very, very um, exciting and just impressive and it just adds more depth and adds more versatility to this defensive line because, I mean, Van Villinger is definitely a pass rusher who relies more on power. Jonah Ellis, definitely more speed. But then mm-hmm. I think you get a kind of a more athletic version um, in Logan Fano who's going to just beat you on the outside with this explosive first step, you know? Yeah, I'm really excited to see what Fano can do the more we get into it overall. Those were kind of the main guys for me. A couple honorable mentions. I think Teo Johnson switching to defense has been a good move for him. He looks sharp on that side of the ball. We already talked about Mickey a little bit. Isaac Vaha has flashed a little bit, and he is, man, he's big out there. It's one of those guys that you just go out and watch spring ball. You're like, man, that is a big man catching passes over the middle of the field. Taekwon Gilmore was also making a couple of nice grabs out there, too. So I, I think those are the main winners for me. Was there any other name that you're just, that maybe you're either hoping to see more out of over the next two weeks or just another winner that we haven't discussed yet? Uh, not necessarily, no, no one off the top of my head, but I, I am really interested to see how like Zip Simmons comes along. I'm not even sure if he's up on up, up on the hill yet, but when he comes to play, I'm going to be really excited to see how he does because I think him in that Jalen Dixon role is going to be something else. Mm-hmm. Another guy I should throw out there is Mikey Matthews, who earned praise from Coach Witt, literally saying he has like shades or uh, signs of Britain Covey or just something like insane that you just do not hear Coach Witt throw those kind of things out there. So that's definitely impressive remarks there. And I, I think the big thing now is it's been great to see kind of spring practices and everything. But I think what everyone's really, at least what I'm getting really excited for, just getting the taste, what we've gotten a little bit now is I want a spring game because I want to see Brandon Rose for an entire game. I want to see Nate Johnson for an entire game. I really believe those will be the two guys out there. Maybe they'll give Bryson a series late, but I really feel like those will be the two guys. And I'm really excited to see that because I want to see for a full game. I want to see what the coaches are talking about. I want to see that little bit of separation. He coach was funny because he mentioned last week, well, there's a little bit of separation, but not enough to, to talk about. Well, obviously, if you're, you're mentioning the word separation, it is significant if you think there is any form of separation. He just doesn't want people like me who do this every, who do a little podcast every day to lead their show talking about how there's separation amongst the quarterbacks that there's this narrative about, Oh, this guy's pulled away from this guy. Cause it still is close enough. I think where it is still a competition, but either way, Dante, I'm just really excited to see both these guys out there being Nate and Brandon, especially going at it for an entire spring game. And we're less than a month away from that now. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, those two being at quarterback would be really exciting. But then I also want to see how they kind of develop a rapport with the younger yeah. receivers. You know, obviously you mentioned Mikey Matthews, but also we got Makai Cope out there, players like that who got some time last year, yeah. but we'll definitely see an increase in snap in snap counts um, this season and the season after that when guys like Brandon Rose and and or Nate Johnson are, are the ones behind center. So I'm really excited to see how they have kind of developed with those guys. And I think that's something that kind of gets kind of lost. Um, when it comes to a quarterback battle, like if you have your best receiver really enjoying catching catching footballs from one of these players, like he's probably going to get the nod because, well, 
you got the best players on the team vouching for them, that sort of thing. So, I mean, I think that's going to be something that would really stick out during the spring game. And obviously, I mean, less than a month away where f- football's kind of almost back. So not, what's not to be excited about? Yeah, it is going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. I'm definitely looking forward to the spring game. Another guy I should have mentioned on honorable mention winners. He's just, look, it's Devon Bailey. So like, we know what Devon Bailey is, but man, he just, he really broke out last year during spring ball and he looks so good. The little bit we've been able to see of him, some of the catches he's made, it just reminds you like, yeah, that's why he was thinking about going to the NFL draft. He's still got to work on a couple of things. That's why he came back, but he is just one of those guys like lengthwise and everything that like, if he has a big year, some contender Looking to the 2024 draft, if Devon has a big year, someone's going to take a chance on him late because they're just looking for guys to contribute and compete on the outside. And speaking of the NFL draft, we're going to talk about the NFL draft a little bit more and how it pertains to the Utes in a second. But first, want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU is opening a brand new branch in Vineyard to celebrate. UCCU is giving away a 2023 Tier X4 Kawasaki Terry UTV. The new branch offers all the benefits of the UCCU branch, multiple driver planes, 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's brand new interactive telemachines, or ITM for short, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCCU professional, either in the branch right from your vehicle, it's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So celebrate with UCCU and to win that 2023 Kawasaki Tier X4 UTV winners will be announced in April, but the entry deadline is March 31st. Just days left for you to enter to win the, this 2023 Kawasaki Tier X times four or Tier X4, excuse me, UTV. Stop by UCU's new branch in Vineyard or enter it to win at UCU.com. You don't even have to be a member to enter, but once again, that deadline is just is coming up. So make sure you guys get in at it. UCCU, love where you bank. All righty. So closing this one out, Dante, yesterday's show, I talked about, I believe there's going to be four Utah players who are going to be drafted. I think it will be Dalton. I think Dalton Kincaid will go in the first round. I feel like right now, the earliest we'd see him go is like maybe 16 with Washington. I'd be surprised at that, but we've seen Dar- Daniel Jeremiah mock it, and I, I really respect his opinion. The floor right now to me seems to be the Bengals. Things can change. He might drop a little bit more, but with how they're going to have to pay a lot of these guys over there, where they got to pay Joe Burrow, just played Orlando Brown a ton of money. They're going to have to pay Jamar Chase too. I just think it makes sense to get a pass catcher on a cheap deal like they'd get Dalton for the next four years, basically. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I feel like Clark's going to fall in the second. I just think he's being knocked for his height right now based on everything we've seen. So Clark in the second to me. Braden somewhere in the third, fourth, or fifth round, I just think is a solid interior Offensive lineman who can compete for a starting job early on. And then I really think with how well Mahmoud Diabate tested, I think he's going to find himself drafted too. And then everyone else, the Tavion Thomases, Logan Kendall's, um, anyone else you want to throw in there, to me, they're going to be undrafted. But do you feel like it's going to be four guys drafted too, or do you think maybe even only three? Definitely four. You know, I've been high on Mahmoud Diabate throughout like the whole draft process. And I think mm-hmm. the way he tested, I mean, like you said, simply put, I mean, he definitely worked his way into the draft conversation. So I'll say, um, Dalton Kincaid to the Bengals. I would love to see that happen. Mm-hmm. I think that offense would be so fun to watch, especially with them getting Orlando Brown. Joe Burrow is going to get more time to throw the ball. I think Dalton Kincaid opens up more opportunities for not only Jamar Chase, not only T. Higgins, but also Tyler Boyd. So, I mean, that entire offense would just be yes. so electric to watch. Um, Dalton Kincaid being on a contender like that and just adding more versatility to that offense would be a masterpiece, and it would be so fun to watch. So, I would love that. Love to see that happen. Uh, Clark, I think he's going to go in the third round, honestly. I think oh, you do think Clark to the third. Why is that? I do. I mean, I've just seen so much hype around these other cornerbacks. You know, like yes. this, like Deontay Banks, who wasn't even he, – he was a solid cornerback for Maryland um, last season, granted. But, like, we've seen guys like him just burst up into that first-round conversation. Devin Witherspoon, too. You also got uh, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. You got uh, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Mm-hmm. Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Like, this cornerback class is so, so deep. And so many players are, like – 
just have a crazy amount of upside. So many players have already performed extremely well throughout their career. And I think Clark's height is really going to um, kind of be what drags him down. Unfortunately, while I do think he will have a fine NFL career and live up to the hype. Um, I just think that the way that some of these other cornerbacks are being hyped up and how much upside a lot of these guys bring like Emmanuel Forbes in high school, like had, I think the highest vertical for like a, for a high school player, like ever. I mean, these guys are physical freaks. So hmm. um, no, no, no knack on Clark whatsoever. Just, I think a lot of these other cornerbacks are, are going to be, be going to be taken higher. And then I think Brandon Daniels is a third round pick as well. Just the versatility on, on the offensive line. We see NFL GMs kind of like those types of players more. I mean, you saw the chargers take um, Zion Johnson out of Boston college, very similar player to Brandon Daniels more of a utility piece, can do it all, be solid run blocker. Um, and I think Brandon Daniels is going to find himself being drafted in the third round and kind of being used as like a like a plug-and-play type of uh, type of offensive lineman who can just play any position and um, add, add value at pretty much any point um, for a team. And then also, Mama Diabate, I'm going to say the the fifth round probably. I really think he tested well. Do you well. think he's I that think, high? Yeah, and I think I think he's versatile as well. I think I think, I think think NFL GMs can find, can just – watch his tape and then just put him anywhere. You know, you can want to put him at linebacker. He can learn the scheme a little bit more. I mean, he has the tools to succeed there off the edge as well. Sure. Maybe a little bit undersized, a little bit skinny, but you add 20, 15, 20 pounds. And I mean, he still maintains that speed. He's going to be a crazy defensive end as well. I think there's so much uh, upside in Muhammad Diabate's game that if, if, if a team were to take a chance on him, they'd be very happy, especially in the later rounds. So I think the fifth round is a very solid option, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him get picked in the sixth or seventh. Yeah, what you're talking about is exactly at the point we're at with draft season, right? Where we're talking about a guy in Diabate who's got all the traits and everything, who's really been, because if he's tested so well, he's rising. Clark, who doesn't have all those things and obviously lacks the height, the measurements that a lot of these NFL GMs really like, he's falling. That's the kind of point in draft season where it's going to be interesting to see how much of those guys go back and dive into the tape over the next month, those NFL general managers, how the narratives and everything shifts, and where all these Utah players do end up. And it's going to be a fun conversation to watch and see how it all plays out because we are less than, once again, we're less than a month away from the NFL draft, which seems crazy. It's kind of snuck up on us this year, but it was fun to see the Utes at the pro day once again, and it'll be really cool to see how it all shakes out. Dante, what are some of the things you have coming up with the Ute Zone? I'm going to start going to spring ball practice. I've been really slacking on that end. So definitely going to get out there and, and just check it out and see what's going on and, and definitely focus in on more like those under the radar players, kind of like how, how we were earlier in the show, but um, just really focusing on some of the younger guys and uh, focusing on like aspects, like singular aspects of their games that I really like that I think could just be really beneficial in time and kind of like a, like a spark plug type way for uh, Utah's offense or defense next season. Make sure you guys head over to UteZone.com to check all that out. Also, if you're in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Like we said, the NFL Draft is coming up. There are tons of podcasts. The Locked On Network is rolling out to prepare you guys for the NFL Draft. Learn about the biggest things involved in the quarterback class, which always drives the narrative. Where are all the other dominant players going to end? Where does Dalton Kincaid rank amongst the tight ends? All that and more available on all of the Locked On NFL Drafts coverage. Big thanks to Dante for joining us once again. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. But we'll see you tomorrow when we're talking about the third media availability session that we are able to watch and see Utah football. Just to hear hear the reports, hear about what we saw. Make sure you guys come back tomorrow on Locked On Utes.